What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host, they are the ones in charge, and they are the ones that are steering the ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. You are listening to 1% With Him. It's another episode of 1% With Him here at His Heart Line. And I do apologize for the slight inconvenience of not being able to do this show live in fact, I actually probably could do this show live, but the thing of the matter is, is I don't want to risk having audio being erased and destroyed and tampered with, even though it seems like they're not after the Bible reading. I just don't want to take that chance until I can kind of figure out some things. So in the interim, this is how I'm going to be doing my podcast. I'm just going to be recording them and then uploading them to avoid all this uh, this headache that I've been dealing with. It seems to be the easiest fix at the moment, but I am not going to stop putting out content. And it just seems like it's just the best, you know, the best. So today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be reading out of the book of Psalm, chapter 30, and we're just going to be doing this one short chapter, because 31 is a fairly longer chapter, so I'm not going to butt the two of them up together. Um, Today, I'm going to be reading out of the uh, New American Bible Revised Edition, Um, so it's going to be a fairly short reading, but before we get into the reading, I do want to play a video clip, or a sound clip, I should say, it was a video. And the clip is, uh, is from a Navy SEAL, a former Navy SEAL. It's, a, it's, it's an outstanding piece because he talks about the struggles and the challenges that he went through during, well, his training. You know, they have a thing called Hell Week. I mean, they, the Navy SEALs goes through some very, very, um, well, to put it lightly, hellish training. I mean, they, they, they put them through hell, hence why they also have a segment of their training called Hell Week. But the thing is, is that he talks about how when he went through that process, how everything he did, he had to break it down bite by bite, piece by piece, one moment out of a, at a time. So in other words, if he thought about the whole picture and the whole end game and the whole process as a whole, the mere thought of it would overwhelm him and cause him to quit almost instantly, as it does for a lot of people. And what he describes here 
is very profound because this is pretty much kind of like how life is. We have been going through our version of hell to a degree, and we have so much coming at us that we don't know in some cases, it's just it's hard to process certain things, and then we anticipate specific dates. Not all of us, but some people anticipate specific dates that are thrown around. People are anticipating the huge stock market crash. They're anticipating for Nassar Jassar to kick in. They're anticipating Trump coming. I mean, there's so many different things that people are focused on. And if you're in the assembly, you know you're you're focusing on trying to get your 38 states and looking at that whole, you know, that whole goal. It seems a little bit overwhelming, but. Again, we have to focus on the many victories because it's the many victories that ultimately wins the end game at the end of the day. And that's what this former Navy SEAL discusses. So let's listen to this soundbite. It's more than a soundbite. It's more like a big sound chomp. I mean, it's, it's about seven and a half-ish minutes long, but it's really worth a listen. Give this a listen because we could really apply this in our lives each and every day, because sometimes our own personal lives can even get overwhelming. We just need to focus on one moment at a time in order to keep pressing forward. Just live for today. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I'm pretty sure there's a Bible... The SEAL motto is the only easy days yesterday, so that would infer that, hey, you're, you're uh, always uncomfortable. Um, they, they make us do plenty of drills and different training throughout my career, specifically more in BUDS, that um, you know, teaches you to be comfortable being uncomfortable. If you take uh, uh, you know, drown proofing, they hire, tie your hands and feet, throw you in the pool, make you do a whole bunch of drills. To a lot of people, that would be uncomfortable. Right? Your, your hands and feet are tied, you're in a pool, but, but it's a heated pool and it's in San Diego and there's you know, six instructors swimming around and they're not gonna let you drown. It's six months long. It's big, it's overwhelming, but uh, I broke everything down into one bite at a time. Because if you, if you focused on, hey, look, how am I gonna get through six months? That would be much too overwhelming for me. So right. I broke everything down into one meal, one bite. So hey, if I could make it to breakfast, awesome. If I can make it to lunch, even better. Dinner, okay, cool, let's see if I can do it again the next day. And I did that throughout my entire career, no matter what I was involved in, what I was doing, everything was down. Prioritized list, top to bottom one bite at a time, the most important things first, and then the, the things that uh, didn't need to be dealt with, I just simply moved to the side and I wouldn't worry about. The more pressure, the smaller bites, because you've got so much going on. I look at everything that way. I've been in so many miserable, shitty uh, situations that just plain suck. Okay, you're gonna do it, I'm not not gonna do it, uh, but if you can sit back, look at yourself, laugh about it, I've been in some crazy gunfight situations, you name it, where everybody's miserable, but you look to your left and right, you see your buddies, they're kind of laughing and joking, and you're like, okay, all right. I honestly, uh, and you talk to different guys, some guys say, you know, hey, they thought about quitting every day at Buds. I honestly never thought about quitting. Every single day did I think, wow, this sucks? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it sucked every minute. But the way I looked at it was, hey, look, I looked at these instructors. If they can do it, I can do it. There's nothing that they've done that I, I can't accomplish as well. The majority of the people that don't make it through the program simply quit. So they choose not to be there. Not that they couldn't do it physically, but they choose not to be there. If you break everything down, I've got some statistics here. This is a culmination of what each class, each BUDS class has done in a six month period of time. 
Each student runs 1,627 miles wow. during that time, swims 134.2 miles, runs the obstacle course 39 times, conducts 42 dives, spending 61 hours underwater. Uh, each class expends 1,413,000 rounds of small arms ammunition. Each class detonates 13,382 pounds of high explosives. You hike or patrol 150 miles. You complete a combat conditioning course, which is a 12-mile run, wearing 70 pounds of gear and three hours or less. And then if you add it all up, basically the equivalent of swimming from Cuba to the southern tip of Florida and then running all the way to New York City. Had they shown me these statistics before I uh, you went to FUDs, no way. I'd, I'd be a banker or something. <laughs> I wouldn't have been a SEAL. It would have been completely overwhelmed. would have, would have moved right back to Alaska and been, all right, this is not for me. But again, back to breaking everything down and the majority of the people quit. They thought about two months ahead of time thinking, wow, what if I can make it through rather than worrying about the, the, the bite, you know? A lot of us used to laugh and joke. We look back on our buds experience and it was kind of nice because you didn't have to think of anything. It was simply do exactly what they tell you and do it at 200%. As you mature on the teams, you become a leader and then you got more responsibility. I remember a drill that our teachers had us do, and it had to have been third grade. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but it had been around third grade. It was winter time. The majority of the people who uh, who, who died uh, in the area would die of hypothermia, you know, fall through the ice, whatever it was. So the school they had two different drills. One of them, they, they went out, cut a hole in the ice, and literally, <laughs> I don't even know if we signed release waivers, but they take you out there, they dunk you in the cold water. I mean, it's the middle of winter, hole in the ice. They had, it was like 15 or 20 seconds that they held you in there, pulled you out, and then you were expected to rewarm yourself. They had a tent set up there, right. and, the, and the concept was, hey, get used to taking off all your wet clothes. If you have right. to be naked or dr put dry clothes on, whatever it is, is the, the steps to rewarm yourself in, in something, in a situation like that, because that happened a lot. The other thing they had you do is they, they gave everybody a, a one-gallon tin can full of soapy water two matches and you had to go start a fire from scratch no no paper no uh no fuel no starter fluid no anything peel bark start a fire you had two matches third grade wow. and the first kid to build a fire big enough to take his pot of water put it on top get it to bubble over he was the winner wow. but that was that was third grade how i grew up i didn't think anything that i learned in the military would translate uh, to civilian life. I assumed that uh, I'd be a really good shot, go skydiving on the weekends and, and so on and so forth. But everything I did learn in the teams does translate. I apply the exact same rules I did when I was in, uh, getting through buds, assaulting a target, going through any training I did, I apply those same ones now. Little takeaways that I look back on and I think, wow, okay, I apply every single one of these things to my life today and and i got out of the seals two years ago the first thing i have is teamwork there's absolutely zero that i accomplished during my career that i could not have done without a, without a team period you gotta put the needs of the team above your own buds does that repeatedly they throw you in a boat make you paddle out through the surf zone you're already tired miserable hungry and then you know the the boat gets flipped over in the surf and you got to work together as a team it's very easy to see who's willing to put the needs of the team above their own. The folks that, that pull back and worry about their own needs, they're typically not the ones standing there at the end. Prioritize and eat one bite at a time. Uh, I apply that to the, the stress that I'm under these days. Uh, I 
break it all down. I prioritize it. If I can't affect it, I don't even worry about it. And, and that's something learned. You, you're not, you don't get good at that from the beginning. Be all in all the time. A quote from uh, Tommy Valentine, uh, who's one of the better leaders at the command for a long time. And he used to ask uh, a lot of the new guys, at what level are you willing to participate? And the only right answer was be all in all the time. Whether you're sweeping the floors, charging a machine gun nest, whatever it is you do, I don't worry about two weeks in advance. I worry about what I'm doing right then in the moment that I'm gonna do that as best as I can. I look back and think, okay, listen, I, I'm, I'm nobody special. I haven't done anything different or better than anybody else, but I look back and think, okay, I lived through that situation. I can deal with this. Yeah, absolutely it. If you can live through this situation, right? If you can live through what we've been through since 2020, since, since COVID started, right? And with all the lockdowns, you can make it through anything. We went through a lot of hell in the last two and a half years. And yeah, we still got a lot of building up to do yet. But the important thing is, is that we need to focus one day at a time, one moment at a time. We need to focus on what's in front of us in the task at hand, because if we try to look into tomorrow and into next week, and we try to anticipate into next season and next year, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a very overwhelming and burdensome task that you're taking on. And that's, I think, where a lot of people's depression and anxiety and just, you know, moments of despair really start sinking in. It's because you got, you got people that just, they think about so much at one time that it's almost too much for, the, for their brain to process. I'm guilty. I've been there. And so... I just felt like that was a very appropriate thing to play for a lot of folks because there's a lot of things that people have on their mind. Yes, it seems like we have control, right? The white hats have control over what's going on in the world. But we just need to remember, no matter who's in control, no matter what's going on, bad guys, good guys, whatever, good, bad, indifferent, we still have control over our own selves, and within our own four walls of our home and within our own local community. And so... All right, so now we're going to get into the reading. It's going to be Psalm chapter 30 out of the New American Standard Bible is actually what I'm going to be reading. I'm going to read out of the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, chapter 30 in Psalm. And it reads, I will exalt you, Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you, his godly ones, and praise the mention of his holiness. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, 
But a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain to stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called, and to the Lord I pleaded for compassion. What gain is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be gracious to me, Lord. Be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have untied my sackcloth and encircled me with joy, that my soul may sing So, what does Psalm chapter 30 mean? Well, the first words of this psalm connect it to a dedication. And this likely refers to when David consecrated the future site of the temple. And this came after David sinned by conducting an improper census. And God's response was judgment tempered by mercy. Rather than allowing David to fall to his enemies, the Lord sent the plague on the nation. And even that was cut short. And as David pleaded for his people, the themes of God's mercy, rescue from death, judgment on arrogance, and pleas for forgiveness are key to this psalm. And so David praises the Lord because God had lifted him up from distress. God didn't allow David to fall to his enemies. Perhaps David was, you know, also recalling a deathly illness and possibly the same plague that fell on Israel. And Scripture records many instances where a human enemy threatened David's life. Yet God kept him alive through all those trials. And rather than allowing David to fall, God chose to rescue him even from the brink of death. In responding to this mercy, David appealed to the Lord's people to praise God and thank him. Now this passage connects God's judgment to the sin of arrogance. And when David became too complacent about his own power, well, the Lord chastised him. And so feeling confident, or I should say overconfident, Feeling overconfident pride means trusting one's own power instead of relying on God. Now, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Now, even as he was being corrected, David recognized such measures are temporary for believers. And God's love is eternal, so those who trust in him can rejoice even when they experience discipline. Amen. And so... David seems to reflect on the way he prayed when God sent righteous discipline. Rather than beg for life, for, da- uh, for life's sake, David wanted to continue praising and worshiping the Lord. And so part of his appeal for mercy was this desire to give more glory to God. Because he turned from arrogance to humility, and David was forgiven, and God turned his grief into joy, rather than being trapped in misery and shame. And David was able to embrace the joy of God's forgiveness. And for that, David intends to offer unending thanks. Amen. This is one of the reasons, ladies and gentlemen, why I always do a gratitude journal. I do a gratitude journal daily, even if I only write two or three sentences. And without fail, even if the only two or three sentences I write without fail, it is always, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you 
for another day of life in good health for myself, my wife, and our daughter. And thank you for my marriage. Thank you for the gift of companionship. And thank you for my home and the gift of hard work. If nothing else, you'll see that constantly repeated, no matter if I have two pages filled or two lines filled. You will usually typically see those first two or three lines in any given entry. Why? Because I want to make sure God knows that I have infinite appreciation for all that he gives and all that he does for me and my family. I want to make sure he understands, which I know he does because he's God, but I want to make sure for my, my, my own purposes that I always put it out there to God that, hey, God, I thank you for every single thing that you bless me with because I know it's because of your glory of why I am in the house that I am. It's because of you of why I have two automobiles rather than one or none. It is because of you that I'm able to fill up my cupboards and refrigerator with food, not because of my own doing, but because of God. I try to make sure I give all the glory And that's why it's so important to me on a daily basis that I make sure, I make sure that I always give gratitude for everything that God gives. And I always try to do my best to make sure I show humility and not arrogance and not have any type of pride or ego set within my own character. Because let me tell you, that is a sure way to fall in life, really. Like, like I said, feeling overconfident pride, pride means trusting in your own power instead of relying on God. I don't trust on my own power. My own power is weak compared to God's. Hands down. And I don't want to be corrected the hard way. I've known many people who have had to learn, well, very valuable and costly, you know, lessons by by losing it all. I don't want to lose it all because for well, the biggest reason is I'm the sole provider for my family, and I do not want to make that devastating mistake and have my whole family suffer because of it. And so I try to come to God every day with my hat in my hands and my head bowed down, and I give him all the appreciation and thanks, and I say, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all that you've given us, all that you have gifted us and blessed us with. It's because of you that we are in the position that we are in, and I cannot thank you enough. And I know I sound like a repeating, skipping record, but you know what? It's just a sign that shows you that I don't take these things in my life, in the lives of my family, for granted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for all that you give us. We thank you for another day of life and another day of good health, and we thank you for our families and the gift of work. Thank you for our home. And even if there's people out there that are listening to this that they don't have the companionship, they don't have a home that they can call their own, thank you for having them be here. Thank you for their life. Thank you for their good health. Thank you that 
they have existence here on this earth because everybody has a special place here in your world. And everybody has a special gift that they just need to tap into, which will And we thank you for any future gifts that come our way. Lord, we just ask you that as each passing day goes by, we invite you into our heart. We invite you to walk with us in our life. Guide our thoughts, guide our words, and guide our actions. Give us our orders. Show us in the way we need to go. Help us always remain righteous. But most importantly, let us always remember that we need to serve our fellow brothers and sisters just like you did. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your outstanding example, for showing us the way we need to replicate how to replicate the way you lived. We pray all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that is it. I appreciate you joining us here for another episode of 1% with him here at His Hardline. And don't forget, Share this website far and wide, www.hisheartline.com. Share the podcast. It's very easy. If you can remember this, it's www.hishardline.podbean.com. That's www.hishardline.podbean.com. I really appreciate you sharing this. We need to get more and more people tuned in to His Hardline. I'm on a mission, and we're going to keep building this up and building this out. And it's because of all of you who come here already. It's because of all of you and God that it has become what it has become in such a short amount of time. Because really, this podcast is still in its infancy. But yet we're almost at 25,000 downloads with 300 followers with over 1,400 listeners. That is amazing in just a short amount of time. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And remember, here at His Heart Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. And that enemy has crossed that line for the last time. We will push that enemy back on his side. We will not waver. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Proceed forward, hardliners. Don't ever waver to the enemy. Wherever you're at in the world, I hope you have a blessed day or night, and we will see you back here again later. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. 
spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.